Hi, my name is Hunter Collins. I'm not a real doctor, and I'm here for your daughter. <laughs> the Hold the Phone Podcast with Tessa. Whose daughter? <laughs> I don't know. Whoever's got one available. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. How's it going? Real well, feeling yeah. good, feeling fit, eating well. Good. Uh, yeah. Not not letting any uh, pandemic blues get to me. Mm-hmm. Be pretty stoic about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People's You're... coping skills are just shit. <laughs> kind of I've are. Heard. Yeah, you know what? I feel like yeah, there's a lot of negative people out there, and that's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, I sort of just embrace it all with love, you know. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that you were, you just told me that you were making hot sauce. Oh man, I got these pepper plants. Mm-hmm. This is year two. Okay. We're back with a vengeance. I got mega habaneros here. Whoa. Oh, check out this gargantuan <laughs> banana pepper going on. Oh my God. That's amazing. You have like a whole array of hot pepper plants right in your apartment. Yeah. And I make a sauce called uh, Baphomet's breast milk. And it's, it's been like everyone I've fed this to, they've gone nuts and they want more Baphomets. But yeah, I was telling you, I made the hot sauce with some angrier peppers yesterday and uh, we'd call them that Baphomets divorce. They've just, they're just like mad rage <laughs> out of, peppers. Out of control peppers. Do you yeah. like, do you ever like, can you smell them? Like the plants sometimes are like you walk by and you can smell that, like the heat from it. You can smell the banana peppers a little bit. Yeah, the habaneros, yeah. they keep it all inside until you really get in there, you know? It's like mm-hmm. uh, month four of dating with the habanero, you know? They keep all that weird <laughs> shit inside until you pierce through the peel. And then they just explode. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of fun, though. It can be. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, you know what you're messing with. I'm about to be in, I'm like, I've been with a girl for like three months right now. This is doctor. And oh. uh, I'm curious what month four is going to bring about. She's a doctor. Yeah, of spider behavior. Really? I'm not even making it up. Yeah, it's no. so metal. She studies <laughs> widow spiders and how That's they, uh, yeah, how they like, she specifically <laughs> studies these, these spiders who um, the males, um, if there are no mature females around, mm-hmm. um, and this, I guess, I, mean, I don't know how PG your podcast is, but this is a, this is nature. So whatever I say, it's all good. It's it's, it's just the way of the world. Okay. The, the if there are no mature females around, the males will chew a hole in the female's vaginal area and bone the hole. What? Yeah. Oh and, my god. And she's from Czech Republic, and so I go, wow. I guess that just shows you like the power of the urge to mate. And she goes, yes, or maybe they are just pedophile spiders. Date one. I never thought I'd hear the words pedophile spiders come out of a Bavarian lady's face. (laughs) Oh my God, that's insane. I I mean, like, how does one one get into something like that, you know? Yeah, true. Like just, it's, you know, the world needs all different types, I guess it goes to show you. But yeah, it's been... pure spider study for this girl for like 10 years i was like you never want to study like dolphins or koalas or something she's like 
spiders. It's all spiders <laughs> for me. And then we went into a cafe. She pulled out a mask and had it had like little sp- cartoon spiders all over it. She's obsessed. So how about you? Do you like spiders? Because I'm terrified of them. So I like I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. Yeah, I like I like spiders. I keep okay. them around. And, you know, yeah. sometimes I'll shuffle one out the window. I never crush a spider. We're not that different than the little spider and I. Okay. How so? We both, uh, you know, like to build a little web where we sleep, you know, mine's mostly made up of dirty socks. And uh, <laughs> we uh, both like to bite when we're getting frisky. And, uh, <laughs> and we both have uh, very hairy legs. So I, su- I assume you, you probably learned a lot about yourself as you're, you've been learning about spiders from this woman. Yes, yes. It explains all the chewing holes in women's vaginal areas I've done over the years. <laughs> um, are, you, are you in Toronto? I am in Toronto. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been here for half my life now. Okay. Where are you originally yeah. from? Montreal. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Nice. In, in terms of like the comedy world and everything like that mm-hmm. is like, what's your main thing? Cause I know you do like a lot of like these films or short films and stuff like that. You have a comedy album. Um, do you do stand up too? Yeah. Stand up would be my main comedic outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I seem to put out more sketch comedy albums than stand up albums for some reason. Maybe I'm just not good at stand up. But yeah. I, uh, I feel like the, the, um, the comedy album landscape is sort of deprived of like the, the comedy albums that I was really into as a kid, like the Adam Sandler. And um, there's a lot, I grew up in Montreal again. So like we, we had tons of French sketch comedy growing up that was just like lights out. and Everyone would just be quoting that stuff all the time. And um, yeah, I felt there was sort of a, like a hole there that I could fill like a, like a perverted male spider. Ah, yes. <laughs> See, it's all coming for full circle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also after after mating with the juvenile spiders, yeah, the males do not jump into the mouth of the female. That's something they only do to mature female spiders. So if they mate with the mature female spider, the male will do a somersault directly into the female's mouth and surrender himself to her so that his nutrients are passed on to their progeny what the hell so they they die essentially like they get yeah they yeah but willingly that's intense that's like (laughs) what a life (laughs) (laughs) seriously what the hell oh i mean what guy hasn't somersaulted into his special one and only's mouth (laughs) right so the the albums that you have how many do you have yeah i've got two sketch comedy albums and then okay. two stand-up EPs. Like the EPs are only like 15, 20 minutes, but the yeah. sketch albums are full length and uh, they're called Nincompoop and Nincompoop. And yeah. I'm working on Nincompoop right now. Oh. Um, but um, it's been so, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not one of these people who's like, I don't know, I, I think I'm actually in the same boat as a lot of people where lockdown and pandemic hasn't been a prolific time creatively. Like I'm sort of just, gone with the flow and not put too much pressure on myself um yeah yeah like I went to see a a stand-up show the other day in a park and at first I was like this is fun and then it quickly became like oh my god I'm gonna be so shitty at this when I get back to doing it and I was filled with like stress and 
doubt. And because, um, you know, no comedian likes being bad at what they do. No one likes to bomb. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think I was just facing the uphill battle ahead of getting back into the swing of things. Cause man, I was like in the zone right before shit went to hell at the yeah. beginning of the pandemic. Like I just finished like touring for half the year. And, like my act was tight. And then I just put it all aside and didn't stop caring and just started making hot sauce basically. So now I'm like, oh, I think it's going to be just as hard for me to get back into stand-up as it's going to be, as it was to sort of stay out of it. Yeah, I hear you. Like, I feel like that was like kind of everyone's situation. But I mean, you know, yeah, the worst thing is putting too much pressure on yourself. I feel like it's forced everyone to slow down, but now things are starting to like speed back up and it's like, okay, well, where do I go from here? But I mean, I think because you're your own worst critic, right? You're always going to be that. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, you'll be fine. Yeah, I gave my own albums one-star reviews on iTunes. I had my own. <laughs> I was like pretty contrived. What's your style like? Like in uh, like your st- is your stand-up similar to like your sketch comedy in a way? Like in terms of style. I suppose or- in a way, like it's you know, I guess it's pretty colorful. So it's always strange to try to describe your own style without sounding like you're up your own ass. But mm-hmm. I would describe my style as like the best, um, <laughs> perfect, uh, beyond reproach. But okay. um, no, uh, like just silly and dirty and good natured. But I like to I like to talk about things that people uh, other people don't talk about. Like you know, so many people have a like you know. Trump was around it was like someone should build a wall here to keep Trump out and I was like okay you guys got all that stuff covered yeah I'd I'd rather do like stuff about fucking minotaurs and breakfast sandwiches and David Attenborough having phone sex what have you feel about breakfast sandwiches (laughs) Uh, I think it's crazy that so many places have a place called the bacon and egger because they just have n-e-g-g-e-r written on like a menu which is like one letter off from the worst letter in the mm. english language from the worst word in the english language and they just fucking say it all willy-nilly all over the place and i was like how do they get away with that is yeah that- <laughs> even a and w until like a couple years ago they just had the little apostrophe in there which looks like a letter i oh my god just freaking sitting there i was like this is fucked so you know i, I originally had a stand-up bit about it but it worked better as a sketch and i have a sketch on my last album called bacon and egger and someone tries to order one but can't say it out loud because he's too uncomfortable <laughs> i watched a couple of your like little short clips that you, on your instagram they're just like the end credits oh uh, yeah, that yeah. one where you keep looking back i don't know that was just really funny <laughs> to me like i just kept going and going and um yeah i don't know i thought it was hilarious <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's a, you know, I, I guess I've watched a lot of action movies and stuff. And those certainly, like a lot of my stand-up is about movies I watched. Mm-hmm. And um, Van Damme has always been one of my, I'm actually drinking out of a Van Damme mug right now. Oh, um, look at that. But yeah, I just watched this movie where he was like, kept trying to walk away in the sunset, but kept looking back at like the love interest who was 35 years his junior. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be funny to just keep looking back at someone while trying to walk away like 20 times. Um, so that's what the video is about. 
for sure. So I guess like, is that where you get like most of your inspiration from is? I think I have this like, um, this reflex to always think what would be the worst thing to say right now. And I've always felt that being inappropriate is funny, like, and that the opposite is um, the antithesis of being funny, you know? And so mm-hmm. being, being wrong and being stupid and being dumb is always going to be the funniest route. So, um, you know, I, any situation in, I'm in, like, I could be having a civil conversation at a, you know, party or something like that, you know, with a bunch of aristocrats and like, I'm always like, oh, okay, what, what would be the, the best way to ruin this conversation right now? And, <laughs> yeah. and so those notes often become like a bit, those mental notes, you know, um, or how can I, how can I twist a, an innocuous situation into something vile and disgusting? So, mm-hmm. or how can I know. make every, people feel uncomfortable right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think if you can, if you can couple that with something that has some wit Mm-hmm. You can really pu- pull off a good joke. I think a lot of people probably have the same thing that I that I have, but there's just a certain a certain wit lacking that that removes any charm from from the joke. You know, like a lot of like I used to love being edgy, and now there's now being edgy is I think has like um, a bit of a stank to it. It's seen as the you know more like being an edge lord. And, mm-hmm. and I get it. There's a lot of people out there who are just nasty and gross for the sake of being uh, controversial, but there's no comedic redemption there. And so my mission, I feel, is like, yeah, to sort of reconcile wit and being gross. Like I've got the joke about how, you know, my girlfriend and I are doing this new thing called Caesar Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, and you guys can try it this weekend. Uh, we do it once a month when she's on her rag and I get her off with a celery stick. Oh um, so, you know, and the crowd is like, oh, wow, gross. Yeah. Like that, what a reaction. Like everyone is like <laughs> jeering at the same time. Yeah. And to me, that's just as good as a laugh. And not to say that that joke defines me, but that's, you know, just an example of how I like to turn a nice little fun thing to something gross. It's about the reaction ultimately, right? Yeah, yeah. A big gasp is just as good as a laugh for me. <laughs> um, and so I guess like, that's my question about like, what's your thing with horror movies? I guess that's where that kind of ties in, right? Yeah, I think horror and comedy are maybe the two most similar genres in that so much of the intent of the art form is to generate tension and release. So, you know, whether it's a main character creeping through a dark house with brooding cello scoring and, you know, then finally some, you know, freak jumps out of the corner. That's just the same as revealing that you're actually fingering a girl with a celery stick to me. Um, (laughs) And I've always loved horror and maybe that does play into like some of the grosser stuff I do because as a kid watching horror movies the reason why I think it's like I'm still like addicted to watching horror movies is because it used to be a way to prove to your friends that you weren't chicken if you could make it through the night and it was sort of like a toughness thing you know like you watch the scariest movie out there and you know 
you're able to whatever not cover your eyes or something yeah. and i think that resulted in just trying to push the envelope and watching scary or scary or things forever and i think it probably desensitized me a little bit so that um the the comedy excuse me i enjoy doing is um maybe a little scarier mm. but i just i don't know i love horror movies it's even the, the bad ones are great yeah do you have a favorite it's, it's, um in recent memory, I really loved Hereditary. I thought that was actually like a proper film uh -huh. um, that sort of tackled the the heredity of mental illness and then turned it into something supernatural. I thought that was super cool. And there's another really cool new, I think, Canadian film called The Dark and the Wicked that mm -hmm. gave me like full body shivers the whole time I was watching it. It really uh, freaked me out. Hmm. But it, but even, but sort of like bad horror is like entertaining the same way bad standup is. It's just like a train wreck. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, they're actually they actually think this is good. Like yeah. They're yeah. taking this seriously. <laughs> like, oh, that's fucked up, and it becomes sort of meta. But it still, I think, satisfies that same Jones. And then when you get actual good stuff, it's just like a nice surprise. Yeah, I find myself being more into like I. I kind of, I really like thrillers lately. Like last year I was watching like a lot of thrillers. Like, I think that's mm -hmm. as far as I can go. Like, like really scary, scary horror movies maybe are too much for me, but I do like to kind of watch them, but I'm like, I'm one of those like one eye open type of person, like yeah. people. And I just, um, but I'm like always pushing like the limits a little bit. I don't know. I that's important. Fun to, yeah, it's fun to be scared, but like, I don't want to get too scared because my mind plays tricks on me. I'm that person. Like, my imagination <laughs> is already wild. So for me, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm the type of person I can't sleep or I'm like afraid of the dark. It's bad. Sure. Well, that's because <laughs> you're taking yourself outside your your comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, that's what it's about, really. Yeah. So I don't know why I still get off on that feeling of being scared of the dark. And it does happen like after a, just the perfect movie, I'll be like, you know, just sort of soft stepping around my own apartment and like, you know, mm -hmm. picturing just karate chopping someone in the neck <laughs> around the corner if they pop out. Like I got my move planned. Okay. Oh, what's the move? What's the move? Uh, yeah, like you come, <laughs> like you come around the corner, you know, right? Maybe like, yeah. like this, you know, with a <laughs> one of those, maybe, or, or or just a chop, okay, or yeah. or have like a weapon ready to go and just, yeah, just like don't even that, don't even like risk it. Even if there's nothing, you stand to lose nothing by still whacking <laughs> the guitar. Yeah. That'll work. That'll work. And what's your guts for laughs about? Like about what's that? Oh yeah. Uh, so guts for laughs is a monthly show that my comedian friends Andrew Barr and Nick Beaton were doing with me. Where every month at Comedy Bar in Toronto, we would screen a horror film, and while the three of us and two uh, guest panelists would be mic'd up. And we would sort of just make fun of the movie live. We had a perfect like sound mix going where you could hear the movie and us over top of it. Oh, that's and cool. sort of it's like it's it's just Mystery Science Theater three thousand, but with a horror movie. And sometimes we'd get comedians who happened to be in the movies, or um, someone who like worked on the movie as a PA or something, just for some inside dirt. And um, people really like it's 
it had a fun little niche following. We never had mm -hmm. a show that wasn't like so fun for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we tapped into this kind of horror comedy cross section in, um, in Toronto. And we had a lot of regulars. I can't wait for live shows to come back mainly just to do this show again. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. You said you do that at Comedy Bar or you did do it at Comedy yeah. Bar? Yeah, cool. and um, we, we, you know, we'd put out, you know, movie snacks for everybody and mm -hmm. people would tweet in their own jokes and then one guy would read some of the better tweets that were going by and best tweet would get a free beer and we'd get a bunch <laughs> of running jokes going, you know, and like someone invariably always starts singing Rob Zombie's Dragula. It's, it's, yeah. it's totally bananas. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. I would, I would definitely check that out. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's so you know different. What, a, lot of, a lot of people who say that they don't like horror movies said that the uh -huh. show was actually made it easier for them to dip their toe into the genre because, you know, you're laughing in the face of the dragon there by making fun of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're lightening it up a little bit, so it's not like yeah, yeah you're you're not so like right in the zone of being scared. Mm -hmm. that's yeah. so fun the movies, the movies we pick our sweet spot is like shitty 80s horror usually mid 80s like yeah 84 to 88 it's just perfect make it easy you know make it easy yeah. for everyone. <laughs> yeah that's fun um oh yeah i want to ask you your thing with cereal because i've been noticing like i noticed on your instagram you have these things or do you make things out of cereal or mini wheats what, what's happening there um <laughs> i'm uh yeah i'm a total cereal junkie uh, every time I go to the States, I come back with like seven boxes of insane cereal that's illegal here because of the, the dye they use in them is banned or something. Or, okay. Um, and so, yeah, so when I'm stuck in the country here, I've got to resort to some old reliables like mini wheats. And I don't know, I've always had, uh, it's been a running joke in the family, I guess, where when you find like either a big french fry in the mcdonald's box you have to show everybody or if you find you know a bunch of mini wheats stuck together you got to show everybody and so i found a hex tuple mini wheat in my last box it was uh -huh. like six mini wheats stuck together which is uh, which is wild like yeah. no that's you should put that in the ripley's <laughs> museum, believe it or not museum and so i just thought it'd be a dumb I also like bragging about dumb things which is a mm -hmm. like a real Slavic thing like everyone's always like squatting in front of their busted up old car or you know, showing a, a brand new cinder block like it's a newborn baby and yeah. uh so yeah I just posted a picture of this hex tuple menu eat and I thought it'd be funny if I in insinuated that my next box of cereal every mini wheat in the box came out stuck together so I just photoshopped all uh, the mini wheats stuck together okay and then i thought what would be a funny apparition to show up in my mini wheats so i photoshopped a jordan peterson head out of mini wheats which i thought was pretty convincing <laughs> yeah it looks like you made it yeah like it looks like it looks pretty real so that was pretty good <laughs> i'm like wow this guy has a lot of time on his hands <laughs> oh yeah oh don't i ever <laughs> what have you been doing the past year well <laughs> Yeah, a lot of Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> so what what are you currently working on now? <laughs> I actually watched a horror movie late 2019 that mm -hmm. freaked me out so bad. I decided to write a, a short horror film about my own apartment. 
and I got it shot and everything like it's all in the can just waiting for festivals to open up so we can release this thing but it's called when they come and it's about vengeful Ukrainian undead spirits uh-huh. who um, return to this girl's life after she um, coerces a guy into killing himself and it's just about the inevitability of consequences which is mm-hmm. a bit of a departure from my usual comedy stuff but I'm really excited about it it's a one-shot thing it's a 10-minute short where we shot it in one shot um, creatively passing the camera through like there's a little nook that we shot it in this apartment okay so we should cool. actually pass the camera through that little nook uh-huh. and, like so it's all fluid and fucking cool and the ghosts show up at the end it's crazy and so I'm just looking forward to getting that in the festival circuit Nice. That's fun. So what festival would you like ideally put that at or which ones? Uh, Toronto's got a cool festival called After Dark. Mm-hmm. Here. It's a local uh, horror fest that's actually like um, Canadian Screen Award qualifying. And so that would be sort of high end goal. But then whatever else, you know, I don't care. Take a Lethbridge Scare Fest or, you know, Moncton Spooka Hoopla. I'm just making it <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to have some fun with it, travel and watch people watch it. And so where can people find your stuff uh, if they want to look you up? Huntercomedy.com. All the links to all the rest of my stuff is all conveniently located there. All right. Perfect. Well, enjoy the rest of your summer and your hot sauce and the spider girl and all the above. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you frame it like that, it sounds like I've got a pretty wicked summer ahead. You do. (laughs) Like, damn, how do I get one of those? (laughs) 